What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Motorcade 313 with your boys, Corey and Akil. Akil, how's it going? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. Getting excited. We're getting closer to the season. We had like the first couple weeks of media and, and we're getting close. I think our first preseason game is this week. So all of a sudden, the this the season is right around the corner. So it's fun to get back to things. So uh, for those who have listened to the season preview so far, this week will be our last one in terms of positional groupings. So we're going to talk on the big the bigs for the team this week. And then uh, that'll wrap up like our actual official like team previews for the, the for the Pistons season going forward. So it's pretty exciting. I, I know that we've talked a lot about how we don't think this team's necessarily going to be amazing or anything like that, but I'm definitely excited to get back to watching some some bat, some Detroit basketball to enjoy what the product is. I, I think that a lot of too many storylines are going around because that's what happens whenever you're in uh, like media day and all that stuff. Everyone wants to freak out about every little bit of news that comes out. So I'm ready to just get back to basketball, but we have a couple more previews before that. So uh, I'm going to kind of, we've, we've been doing it differently the rest of the, the, the preseason previews where we're talking about the exciting person first and then kind of like tempering down. The bigs are a little bit different. There's really only two that like we're exceptionally excited about. And then there's two other players that we'll touch on briefly. So I'm going to start with the brief ones. So that way we're kind of building up to who we really want to talk about. Is that cool with you? Yeah, for sure. Say the best for last. I like Exactly. It. So on the opposite end of that spectrum, Trey Lyles. <laughs> So I have taken less offense to Trey Lyles than most of my, the, the rest of Pistons fandom, just because I, I've never lived in Michigan. I'm a Detroit Pistons fan, but I, I'm not a Michigander. So I know he said some things that Michigan people do not particularly love. But if I can remove that from the equation, the contract's not bad. I, I like, in theory, what he brings to the table as a player. Bef- before I talk about that, how, what are your feelings on Trey Lyles? I still think that there's a lot of untapped kind of quote-unquote potential we could maybe get out of him if he sees some minutes, man, because he's still so young. I want to say he's 24? He's 25. He'll be 26 this season. 25, 26. Okay. He's on his fourth team before turning 26. Okay, for sure. Yeah, so, like, once again, that's that's a very – um, pre like you're not even quote unquote hitting your prime in the NBA at that point, right? So like, there's definitely some stuff there that you can maybe find out. He is kind of smaller, right? He was, he's close to that six nine six eight ish type body frame. So we we could we could see some pretty interesting things out of him this year, like just because we do not know a lot with him yet. Um, but I'm not mad about the deal or anything, right? Like it's not a lot of cash. It's a shorter contract. So, I mean, if anything, and if it goes really badly, the money comes off of the books so fast. I'm not that concerned. Like, I, I think it's cool to kind of take a home run kind of hit. Like, if you swing and miss, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm always, whenever you're going to be a rebuilding team, I'm always for taking, like, low-pressure swings on guys that are former, whether it be lottery talent or high-level prospects coming out of college. And like you said, he's... Well, 25 is not a baby anymore. There's still obviously some untapped potential there. He, there's a reason why he was so highly recruited when he came out of high school. It hasn't worked out so far, but there's been flashes of he has a little bit of a three-point stroke for being a bigger guy, which is something that we are really prioritizing on this roster. I don't hate it. It's, I mean, he's probably the 13th, 14th, or 15th guy on the roster, so we're really not 
too worried about what he's bringing to the table. But in general, I think it's fine. I think that it's it's probably not going to be as impactful as something like a Josh Jackson was a season ago. But if if he's a little bit more impactful than uh, Jaleel Okafor, I guess that's fine. And he's cheaper than that. So exactly. Uh, the next guy is it's actually things have changed since the last time we spoke. Luca Garza uh, converted from a two way to an actual contract. I, I, we, we talked about him in our first episode about how neither of us were huge fans of his coming out of college. Like when we drafted him, we weren't exactly thrilled about him. The summer league changed our minds a little bit, didn't it? I, I can only say congrats and um very, very happy for that guy because he deserves it, man. Like he grinded through summer league and all that stuff. So to get converted this quickly definitely means they see a lot of potential out of him. Um, so I'm excited, man. I'm actually really excited for Luca. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it helps. I, I think even though he's been converted to a normal deal, I th- still think he'll probably spend plenty of time with the with the crews. But I like. I think it's cool. I think he's he showed a lot more. I know we thought of him as a scorer in college, but he still showed that he was able to do that, albeit at a summer league level, pretty effectively. I don't think we're going to be expecting him to do anything beyond that, really. In, whenever the season's going on, but that's fine. Like he's your third big. I, you're not really, in general, going to expect a lot out of that position to begin with, anyway. And if it's just a young guy you're taking a flyer on, he'll be fun. He he already proved to be really popular for whatever reason. I didn't think he'd be somebody that wasn't terribly popular, mm-hmm. but he like just his his grind in the summer league really kind of caught fans' attention. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Whether it be he gets maybe five or six minutes a game, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less depending on the night. It's he's already endeared himself to the fan base and there'll be moments where he just scores on somebody and that guy's gonna be like, what the heck just happened? So that's part of the fun. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain too much. The other two bigs are obviously a little bit more exciting. They're they're the ones that uh we've we've talked about the starting battle going into the season. Who's gonna start, who's gonna be coming off the bench? We got a little bit of clarity of that coming into media day, still no confirmation, but they're Isaiah Stewart and Kelly Olenek. We can kind of like share this section together because I think it, in terms of how they're going to be used on the roster, who starts from night to night, it's going to be somewhat interchangeable. Uh, which one do you would you rather like go with first, though? Probably Stew. Sure. But honestly, I feel like what would be really, really cool is if we see them on the floor next to each other a lot. Yeah, like, I, think, I think the fit actually works out super clean there uh, because Kelly can shoot it and they've been really valuing the three point shooting like you can space him out enough with Kelly and he's a good enough passer slash playmaker where you can give Stu all the room in the world down there to like do his thing. Um, so I don't know how many minutes we're going to get of those two together out on the floor, um, but I'd, I'd love to see it personally. I think we'll see a fair bit of that. I like I don't think it's something you're ever typically going to use as the starting lineup because I mean you your, your starting lineup's already theoretically set whenever you have Killian, you have Cade, you have Sadiq, you have Jeremy Grant. That leaves one more spot for those for those two to share. I, and I like I don't think you're going to really necessarily play one of them the power forward and bump everybody up, up a spot and have to bump somebody out. So I think that but I think they'll share the court plenty in, in the in the middle of the game and not necessarily in closing lineups, but I do think you're right. I do think the fit is pretty clean. I think that 
Kelly Olynyk's also the kind of guy that Stewart can learn from, where Stewart is already all hustle and showed some flashes as a three-point shooter last year. So I think if he can kind of like model his game, not completely after off of Kelly Olynyk, because I do think that there's a little bit more room for Stewart as a rebounder and stuff like that. I'm excited. I think that one of the things I like about this pairing is that, so whenever you compare it to what you had with Mason Plumlee last year, when you went from one to the other, you had to totally kind of change the way the team played. If you're not playing these two together, and you go from Stewart to Olenek or Olenek to Stewart, depending on who starts the game, they play so similarly, at least at their peaks, that it's going to make it so that there is a continuity on offense. We don't have to change the game plan up because we went to the bench unit. We can kind of play in a similar format, which I kind of like. I like that it makes it easier learning for the young guards to get used to running an off uh, the similar offense, depending on who's on the floor. It makes it easier on like a Sadiq Bay to continuously be able to find spacing because his teammates are kind of pulling people out. I, I think that it was a smart kind of duplication of talents to make from a roster building perspective. Yeah, there's definitely a ton of like flexibility with, with what we have with those two. And they'll be providing a ton of different things um, stylistically to the floor, but Stu will definitely be able to learn a ton from Kelly, and I think the same thing, vice versa. And I think our guards will will be able to benefit from both of them quite a bit. Like yeah, I, I do too. I think that – so obviously Kelly was – I mean, he posted what would, would be career numbers in his 27 games in Houston last year after being traded. He averaged, uh, he averaged 19 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, 4.1 assists, and 1.4 steals on shooting splits of – 54.5, 39.284.4. Obviously, that's a, a weird sample where you're in Houston and the team is tanking and what put whatever qualifiers you want on there. A lot of those same qualifiers are going to probably be placed on this Pistons season. He's not going to have the usage rate probably that he had in Houston because a lot of the time it was go to Kelly, whereas here you have other scoring options. But I could see him, if he can get anywhere close to that level of efficiency, not necessarily the counting numbers, but being efficient like that, it opens up a world of possibility for the potential of this team to just, you know, kind of grow. I'm not asking, like we talk a lot on this. We're not asking for a ton of wins. We're just asking for potential for those young players to grow. And I think adding that level of efficiency to the floor gives them that chance. And this is a team last year that so much struggled with floor spacing. So I like that they made that commitment to adding that in free agency from guards to bigs to whatever. I like that that's a, that was a focus that they clearly... Yeah, you could tell that they really were going after shooting. Um, yeah, so they needed to. get the big spots too, right? With getting with getting Kelly, um, getting Trey. Um, they, want, they want shooting across <clears throat> all of their positions. So you could tell that they were going after it, which is nice to see. Yeah. And just to, just to put a little bit of a capper on what Stewart season one was last year, because I know, I know when he was drafted, people made faces because at the time of the draft, he was not thought of as one of the better centers in the draft. And it was kind of like what this seems like a reach for a team that what are they doing here? He was so much fun. He quickly became a fan favorite because he's nonstop energy, nonstop positivity, just a brick wall of a human second team, all rookie. After Blake was bought out, he averaged 9.3 points, 7.4 rebounds, and 1.4 blocks per game. And he led all re- rookies in rebounds and blocks. There, This is coming in a class where I know James Wiseman was limited due to injury, but
But there was thought of as this number one center in the draft, almost went number one overall. Stewart outplayed him last year, which is not something I would have thought of going into the season. And that obviously Wiseman's situation was bizarre. So it's not apples to it's it's not exactly like a direct comparison there. But that's still promising for a Detroit team that when you're drafting in these like 16 to 19 range, not just with your top pick, when you're taking swings later on, you need those to hit for this rebuild to get accelerated. And that was a hit. That was an absolute hit. Yeah, Stu Stu was everything that we kind of wanted him to be in more. Um, So he's something that we're definitely looking to be building around in the future. And you have to love that uh, during training camp and stuff like that, the one person that he's been talking with the most is Ben Wallace. That that just gives Pistons fans chills to see. Because he's an undersized big that you hope that can really like lock down, that's exactly who you want him to be learning from. I'm not saying he's going to be Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, if there's anybody to learn how to play defense from in the NBA, it would be Ben. Yeah, and it's about knowing your role, too, right? So I'm excited. I I don't know that – we talked last week whenever we were talking about how the core fits together and stuff like that, and a lot of people – a lot of it was – I think it was your point where it was no – like have reasonable expectations for your lottery or first-round picks. People were excited after last year how Stewart was and that he's with the Olympic select team that they think he's going to be a multi-time all-star. I don't think that that's reasonable. I think that what we have to be happy with here is that we got a solid role player that could like grow into something more. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, he could be a very, very good basketball player on a really good team. And he can maybe have some all-star births here and there. Uh, but I think he could be a very good starter on like a high end NBA basketball team. Like I think that's a fair assessment to have. Yeah, yeah. I think too many people get like locked into the oh he has to be because he was second team all rookie and he's a part of our core future. He's going to be a, a multi like an eight time all star. It's like if he gets one or two or even less than that, if he's just a quality two way big man that can start on a good playoff team, that's a win. And I, I actually believe in Stewart getting there just because of his work ethic, his drive his passion, all of that, all of those things that are sound cliche that he kind of embodies. The one question I would throw to you, and it doesn't have to do with the bigs, but it's something that's kind of happened over the last couple of weeks with, with training camp and all that stuff coming out. Have you heard the discourse about uh, the ball being in Killian Hayes hands too much and out of the hay- hands of Cade Cunningham? Yeah, I, I think it's one of those, let's get a quote from, media day and let's have some fun with it probably I think there's something to be said for like the fact that if Killian is probably clicking like if Killian's probably at his best right like he has a ball in his hands a little bit more um than than not but I think there's a way that you could be able to get some balance between both of them like splitting time having the ball and like not playing um having the ball in the hands and not but I think more than anything, this is this is just your good old day media quote that's kind of getting around the, the Twitter sphere uh, for people to run wild with. I agree completely. It's it's very frustrating to me because they're just like I've seen people say, like, is this gonna be wasting his potential? Is this gonna be all and it's like guys, <laughs> Kate hasn't played a game yet. Killian's played 26. Can we wait longer than before the season starts of Cade's rookie year to start talking about what we have to do to fix this fit. We haven't even seen it yet. <clears throat> and I do think that part of it is that along the way, they will adjust just how much um, 
the ball is in Killian's hands when he's on the floor with Cade. I do think that you start off the season with it in Cade's hands more, or sorry, Killian's hands more, because right now Cade has shown that he has that three-point stroke that Killian doesn't. So that gives him a little bit of added boost to be able to play off the ball while the other is developing. And I think you'll kind of see that flip-flop as the season goes along, see them develop a little bit more so they're able to like bounce that back a little bit. But if that's the case in October, that that's one thing. If, if it's the case in April, maybe we have, we can have this conversation then, but let's let Killian play more than 30 games before we want to, you know, remove him from the, from the lineup and remove him from the future of the Pistons. Exactly. So as we're wrapping up the, the positional preview and stuff like that, is there anything else you want to talk about Pistons related? No, um, I'm excited. Man. We got preseason games coming up and the thing is, since we're such a younger team, we're such like one of the more young teams in the league. We're going to be seeing all of our guys playing a ton of minutes. Yeah. Like it's not going to be the Brooklyn Nets things where their top six dudes are going to be chilling, not playing. Um, We will be able to see our guys kind of getting minutes and getting around. And we don't want to, another thing that could probably happen is I've, I've said it before, whatever team has the best record coming out of preseason that that'll absolutely be flipped going into the NBA season. So um, if we are winning a lot of games in the preseason, take all of those said games with multiple grains of salt. But nonetheless, it'll be it'll be a ton of fun to see actual NBA basketball again. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't believe it's already. It's it's one of those things that it's weird that it's already back because it feels like the finals were yesterday. But also, I feel like I've had Killian on my team, but not or sorry, had Kate Cunningham on my team and not gotten to watch him play yet and for ever whether it be because we won the draft lottery so long ago or whatever, but I'm ready to see Kate Cunningham play Detroit basketball. Yeah. But I, I think we all are. Oh, yeah. man, it's going to be a ton of fun. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, next week we will be coming back with our final predictions for the season, whether it be Pistons or NBA related in general. And then we'll finally be getting into regular season games. So for Keel, this is Corey, and this has been another episode of Motorcade 313. See you guys.